Welcome, everyone, to the C-Suite Marketing Perspectives podcast. I'm Steve McDonald, your host. And today, we've got a really interesting conversation with Matt Klassen. Now, Matt, you're a two-time CMO. What's interesting about your perspective on marketing and how you create alignment from alignment with the customer to internally really create marketing as that go-to partner in the company, you have a development background, a software developer, right? And that's really helped inform the way that you think and that you operate as a marketer. But what I'm going to do first, I was going to ask you just maybe tell us a little bit about your background beyond that, um, what you're doing at Cobatron right now, and then we'll get right into things. Sounds good. Sounds good. Yeah. So, I mean, as you as you indicated, my uh, career started in, in development, so degree in computer science. I moved on from that into enterprise selling, both technical selling and kind of managing territories for a company uh, that was bought by IBM and then and then for IBM for a couple of years. Um, and then I had the opportunity to move into uh, product marketing and and really it was kind of the beginning of my marketing career, um, building product marketing teams, and then in some instances going beyond product marketing. And of course, the last couple of companies of running all of marketing as a CMO. Um, so yeah, so, and, and, and I'm at Cobaton, um, interestingly enough, the last I'd gone away from the application development space, right? Selling into app dev or software engineering, but the last two companies, um, that I've worked for both, uh, live in the automated testing space for software. So kind of, kind of go back to my roots. Well, tell us a little bit about kind of your background in development and what are some of the most important things when you think about that background, what you're doing right now as a CMO and all the responsibilities of a CMO, how does that start to form your opinion and the insights of how you run your department and create success in the company? Yeah, yeah. So I think there's like kind of three things I'd say. Um, one, first of all, every B2B SaaS company is a software company, right? Uh, and so having insights into how uh, the sausage is made, so to speak, right? how the company creates the products. Um, being able to speak um, to the other parts of the organization, um, I think it just helps. It's, it, it, it informs those those discussions. It creates credibility, um, and I think in many instances, right, it, it creates, especially with the product team, um, a really good working relationship and understanding of of how those products are built and work. Um, number two, um, many, not all, but most of the companies I've worked for are selling into right, creating a product selling and marketing it to a company, but specifically to a technology portion of that company. Maybe it's an app dev group or a software engineering group, um, or in other cases, you know, areas that are, that are within the IT group or the technical space. And so having that software background has been really very helpful in, you know, understanding what, what our customers and my customers are actually going through, what they're trying to accomplish, how they're, how they're going about their, their jobs. Um, and then finally, this is the, maybe more of the content of the, of the, of the talk today or discussion today is that it turns out that having a, a background in sort of agile processes, um, has played a role in how I just think about applying or, or how I think about, I guess, producing the content, managing the activities of marketing. Um, and has really influenced how I run, how I run marketing at uh, the last few organizations. So, no, there's a lot that 
you and I have been talking about. So that's why I'm so excited about this. Tell us, just, just to start off with, tell us about how kind of an agile development process and way of thinking helps align, align between marketing and the customer, marketing the different departments within the, within the, uh, the company, and, and really positions you as a go-to partner within the organization. Those are massive benefits. <laughs> Those are things that we're always trying to do, right? So learning new ways to think and do about this is what it's all about. Yep, yep. So I think, um, so I think if you think about the roots of agile, the problem that lived in the, in the world of software was um, you would go, you know, try to gather requirements from your customer and then go off and develop a product over a period of, you know, months or years even. And then like say, okay, here it is, right? With very little interaction in between and, and certainly no, no um, ability to sort of pivot very easily throughout that process. That's called the waterfall process, right? And, and that, as you just think about working in a dynamic B2B SaaS company and how the world around us is changing, how the product is changing, um, the features and capabilities, how what our customers need are changing, how, how the sales organization wants to, wants to um, you know, there's their selling motion, right? It's constantly changing. And so kind of thinking about it from an agile perspective, right? How marketing can kind of sit in between and really um, create transparency and accountability. Um, two things that I think are really important in marketing creates and fosters um, really good relationships. So, so as marketing defines the go-to-market strategy, Right again, working in partnership, but as 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 mar you know marketing, I think more and more and more in the B two B world um, and SaaS world, right, plays a pretty significant role in saying, hey, under, you know, interfacing with the product team, understanding, hey, what's coming, right? What what is it we have today? What problems does it solve the market? Which segments of market are best fit? How do we bring this to market? And how do we enable those other channels to be successful in selling in the market? And that and and so by creating a go-to-market strategy, and then, you know, implementing it through a period, through a series of what I do monthly sprints, right? So sort of monthly sprints creates a plan people can get behind, but it also gives the opportunity to sort of pivot um, to higher priority items or optimize things, try things in market measure, right? Data-driven, should be data-driven. Turns out, again, kind of monthly is a decent time frame to sort of think about a lot of the measures um, that, that we have available to us around tent, around buying signals, around lead flow, et cetera. And so it also gives us that ability to sort of pivot there. So, um, so, so for all of those reasons, it, it, it starts, it, it's been very successful anyway, in, in all the companies uh, that I've worked for. And it's, it's taken on different flavors, but, but more or less has worked very well. You know, I'm, I, former CMO did a lot of fractional CMO work and I just, I just know that the sea of tactics can overtake you and your team. Right? Yep. And all of a sudden you are, you are spending your time and your effort and your mental gyrations on just keeping the processes going versus having a plan, setting the priorities, getting the buy-in. And then one thing that you said at the very beginning was being able to pivot because yep. you've always have to adapt to changes, but you always have requests that are lobbed in from this side, from this side, over yeah. here. Yeah. yeah. And one of the things that, that just 
made so much sense to me when we were talking before is that the other organizations not only can see the play in that transparency, but when they're making requests, they're having to set priorities too of what's already happening. T tell us a little bit about that because I think that's phenomenal, right? Yeah. So that, that's, a, I mean, it's a really important uh, part of Agile that, you know, early on I learned that, hey, when customers uh, make requests with Agile, you don't really have to ever say no. The answer is yes, we can add that to the backlog, right? Our backlog. And then on a periodic basis, right? You get to review the backlog um, and decide what should be done. And so as we think about requests from product or sales, um, one of the things that I, and let me back up. So one of the things that I've, I've seen as a symptom of organizations, um, marking organizations that are maybe, you know, taking too many ad hoc requests and doing too much work ad hoc is it looks a lot like a bunch of random acts of marketing. Again, very, very good things like a webinar on this, a blog on this, right? A white paper on this. Let's go to this field event because sales in this region wants you to go attend this, right? And when those things are done, and again, each one could be a fantastic idea, could be, you know, maybe even successful in, in individually, but when they're done and they're not aligned to that go-to-market strategy, the key market segments, right? A lot, there's a lot of inefficiency. So, you know, you can think about any one thing. There's always actions before that hits the market and actions after it hits the market and other things you can attach it to, right? That are going to make it that much more successful. Um, and so, um, so with Agile, we, we, we kind of, you know, one of the things I tell my teams is let's first thing we're going to do is we're going to remove random acts of marketing from our vernacular. We're going to, we're going to move to a, to a system whereby we agree to a few go-to-market programs, campaigns, plays, whatever each team, every company I work for has a little bit different vernacular there in terms of what they, how, what they call those things. But we're going to align. Each one has very clearly defined, right? Market segment and audience, right? We understand what problems we're solving. We can sort of map out a buyer's journey. Therefore, we, we know likely where there's gaps in our buyer's journey from a content messaging perspective or maybe you know, sales enablement perspective. And so we can create this map that we start with. And then what happens is, right, we start executing it month by month by month. And, and, and so we have a backlog. We set our schedule for a given month, right? And just like Agile, the, the concept is the team in an Agile team the team commits, right, to what they're going to get done in a given sprint. It's not me telling people my team, right? So the first thing is this is collaborative with my team. Um, it's collaborative with the other groups because as I'm, I'm acting, let's say, as a product owner in this case, in that agile world, right? So I get to make the final call because ultimately I'm, a, I'm the one who's on the hook where all the measures around, you know, demand gen, you know, new logo pipeline, customer engagement, et cetera. So I get to make the final call, but I've got inputs in our backlog from all these different groups. I've got my team providing input and then they're signing up for, okay, these are the most impactful things related to these key themes. We believe this month we commit, we execute. Um, and so what happens is that's not a hundred percent of what we do, right? Again, another, another interesting heuristic as I, as I've implemented this is, um, 
about 65 to 75% of a really high functioning marketing team is planned work, is that strategic schedule planned work. But we always leave bandwidth, right? We always leave, right? That 35, 25 to 35% of our, our, our work, right? Um, available time to do, to produce, um, you know, whether it's activities or deliverables, et cetera, available. So when requests come in, we simply say, hey, is this something that can fit into that ad hoc time? Um, it's, a, it's a short duration. It aligns well with our mission and our market. Um, it has uh, a readily available sort of ROI. How does it attach to, again, the other things we're doing? If those things sort of fall in place, we just do it, right? So, so we're a good service uh, bureau, if you will, to the company, right? Like we're not saying like, no, never, or like, way in the future. So some th- a lot of things we can do, right? Um, but then other things, it's a very simple conversation. It's like, hey, you saw the plan. Here's what we're committed to for this month. Um, you were part of the process, right? You, you, you know, we, we committed, we showed you what we were going to do. So now you've asked for this. So either you have a couple of choices, either can you wait two weeks, three weeks, and we'll add it to the next sprint. Or, or is it that important that we are going to displace something else we're doing? And if so, which of these things do you think is less important that we should put on hold? And this is so important we should actually produce, right? So it's kind of a capa- it, it, it provides also that capacity planning because a lot of times the way marketing organizations work, they say they're doing agile. What they're doing is, is kind of a Kanban style, which is really like, hey, put something in the queue, run it through. You've got these, like, you know, people use Trello. Trello is probably the most, one of the most, you know, used products in the world of marketing. And they've got Trello boards for everything, for the web team, Trello board for, you know, content, whatever. And, and really the problem with Trello, it's a fantastic tool, can be used very well. Kanban's it can be very effective, but it gives you no idea of how much capacity you have and how much you can actually accomplish. Mm-hmm. Your work is split across all these different boards. It, there's really no capacity planning in, 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 in true sort of like a Kanban style. It's like first in, first out, kind of a, a you, you know, just move it, move your work across um, phases. Whereas what I'm talking about is a defined sprint, a number of, we use story points to estimate work and so forth. So um, without going into much detail, but, but um, it, it works very effectively. Well, so one of the things I kept thinking about as you were talking is, well, two things. One is that, Ownership from other different departments is much greater because they're accepting the plan. And then when there are changes to the plan, they're helping set the priorities, right? So, well, I mean, one of the biggest problems that, that marketing typically has, like, say, with sales, in fact, this is a stat, that over 60% of content that marketing creates for sales, sales doesn't think has any value. No, you're right there. You've got a big issue, right? So now yeah. you've got a plan. Everybody knows what it is. There are priorities within the plan. If new ideas come in, it's judged against the priorities, right? Yeah. So what's being delivered is agreed upon, right? Yeah. Versus it's just being churned out by marketing. Secondly, is that in setting those priorities, you don't have to say no. You have to say, we want to help us do it and do it in the right way. That works across department. I'm sure that also works within the C-suite, right? Yeah. Because those those requests come from all over. Sure. Absolutely. And so it forces 
it forces your CRO, it forces your CEO, it forces everybody that is an opinion on what marketing should be doing and when yep. Yep. into that same decision-making process. Yep. Is, that, is that a fair statement? It is fair. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, one of the things, I don't know, I, I guess I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come full disclosure too, because cause you don't turn this on 100% day one right so this so so just so everybody also is clear like this concept of moving to this agile process every company it's taken a little bit different shape number one does it look exactly the same um some companies i've worked for it's really just been product marketing that really bought in and said hey we produce a lot of the content for the organization it fits perfectly there but demand gen and other areas were like, mm, I don't, you know, maybe didn't fully buy in. Um, I guess that was probably prior to when I was actually CMO. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, and, and, um, but, the, and, and so we've implemented it. We kind of implement this over time, right? Um, so the other thing is we start doing this as a marketing organization first. We do it for a few sprints. And although others might know we're doing it because we may make references when they make requests of putting it in our backlog or planning it out, um, we don't necessarily go full, like, you know, full formal agile across the whole team. Um, but that is the goal with each of these is to start is, is at some point, right. in this evolution within these organizations to educate the various groups and then provide more and more sort of visibility transparency, right? And, and so, and, and you're exactly right. It, it's not just product and sales um, making requests. It's all of the executives, any, any executive team. It could be the CFO, maybe about how things are measured. It could be the C, obviously CEO, maybe there's, maybe there's partnerships, channels, channel organization, right? Needs, needs something. Um, so yeah, so um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's an evolution, but it certainly has provided a lot of benefit. So you've mentioned like there's a lot of different kinds of content, right? From product marketing content, thought leadership content. You and I had talked previously about how the quality of the content can be impacted through an agile kind of process to this. Could you explain that a little bit? Yeah, yeah. So I think there's, there's a few aspects, right? So again, coming from product marketing, right? Content is kind of at the core of, I guess, I guess what I'm maybe most passionate about. Um, and ultimately that probably comes because ultimately what is software is sort of another form of content. Right. And, and so, um, so with anything else, right. You, you when you write something, you produce something, uh, you have an audience in mind. And I think it, it all starts with, if, you know, when you think about a you know, demand gen, the fuel of demand gen, any demand gen, any tactic, the fuel is content, period. I don't care. It could be an ad. Well, guess what? You have to have words on it. You have to have an image. You have to have colors. You have to understand where you're placing it, which medium, which channel are you placing it in. And all of those things should be determined based upon what market segment, what persona, what are the problems we're solving, what are our, what are our key messages and positioning, right? But it all goes back to that sort of like, you know, at the heart, right? A positioning, a well-defined positioning statement um, that's clearly articulated, clearly aimed at the most, um, you know, the, the audiences and segments that are going to provide the most value to the organization. And, and, and so when you start there, that's the beginning of great content, right? Right. And I, again, it's not, again, 
I think marketing, there's like lots of creativity, lots of great ideas. We can get themes. We can do a Halloween theme. We can do this. We can use cute words, right? The cute words might get a click. They might even get a conversion on something possibly. But if the thing that you're delivering to that buyer effectively, right? In their, in their, in their journey, doesn't resound with them. It doesn't actually help them answer. It doesn't answer the questions they have that moment in their journey, right? They'll, they'll find, they'll, they, they're busy. They're not going to give it the time and it's not going to have the impact, right? And so really understanding those, those core markets. So when you go back to, to agile and this process, right? It's again, starts with understanding the core markets, working with a group collaboratively towards this sort of strategic plan um, that starts with again that messaging, and then and then and then a lot of times you know that when we build out the schedule month by month by month, we're doing it based upon okay, which buyers, which segments, what does that buyer's journey look like, and what do we need to produce? Um, and sometimes there's a little bit of it's it's where we're agile. You have to kind of like people that are pure purists, right, are like, wait a minute, there's events. That doesn't just happen any time within a sprint. It happens on a very specific day. You can't do agile. We have webinars and they have like dates and they have very specific things. It's like, well, yeah, we know it's happening during months. So we, it's, it's a hybrid, right? Um, and we back up from that. So for instance, if we know we want to bring a key theme to market, but there's this one major event where this is where we're going to bring that campaign to life around this event, right? You, you plan accordingly. And you, you plan out, right, what you're going to produce over a period of time. And that's actually a great example because as soon as people request things and you have given them a plan and said, hey, do you remember we talked about, right, this event that's happening and this, how that aligns to some key features we're developing for that audience? And oh, yeah, by the way, right, the press release we're going to do and the survey we're going to do in the market about key trends around those same topics are going to resound with those thought leaders, you know, those sort of our, our, those executives that we want to reach, reach. And so we have something for everyone in that buying cycle, right? You remember that? So when you ask me to do something, which of these things, like, do you disagree with? And that's like immediately like, oh, no, all those things are really important. Maybe my request isn't, you know, as important anymore, but. Yeah, it, the, the. The fact that it forces a plan, a discipline to planning and then executing. Can't tell you how many times I've just been in organizations where it's like, we've got this machine, it's called this content machine, right? And it's going. And we don't necessarily always have a plan to what goes into the machine, into that grinder, but we know the grinder keeps moving. So then it becomes this, this mad dash to, to fill the, the requirements, right? Instead of saying, before I put something in the machine, I got to plan for what it's supposed to be. And, yep. and it's got to, it's got to align with our go-to-market strategy. And, and, and so therefore you're not driven by the tactics. This is the absolute opposite of that right? is, is being driven by the top, the tactics. I'm going to ask you a question because you, 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 you mentioned it. I've mentioned it a couple of times now, content, just in your, in your mind, if I were to ask you. You know, how important is content to the overall growth and success of the company? One, it's not important at all. Ten, it's vital to the growth and success of the company. Where would you put it on that spectrum and why? Well, so I would, I would, 
of course, again, going back to my words, I give it a 10. Uh, and, and I'll qualify that a little bit. So I think, uh, I think it can be, I think sometimes, um, we can, uh, create, you know, either more content that's needed. We can take, um, you know, we, again, we're not really understanding our buyers, where they are, how our buyers buy our software evaluated, who's doing that evaluation and so forth. And then we create this grandiose plan of content and webinars and on all these different, maybe, maybe trends in the market and so forth. And so, um, again, I call that sort of more like random acts of marketing, but, um, many times, but I think content is, is super important because again, ultimately if, if what we, if what we are selling is not a full and I'll qualify, it's not a full PLG motion where a consumer, cause, cause see in the world of consumer, if you're building a mobile app or something and it's in the consumer world, right? You, you basically need them to understand what it is, how they can use it, right? Through the context of like basically searching the app store and downloading it and then using it. So there's no, you know, I mean, that is your content is, is the app store listing <laughs> where they might find it, right? How, how are they going to find it? And then click, boom, you're in the product and you have to be able to make the product. There's content in the product and there's marketing behind that too. Uh, but in the world of enterprise, right, um, it, you know, buying is a team sport, first of all, right? So Gardner, I think, says it's, you know, seven to 14 buyers on an average buying team in the enterprise, the B2B. Um, the, the, it, it's over a period of months. I think one of their latest, uh, I just remember this diagram that's like the buying process. And although it might be 60% is done without the vendor, it's not necessarily linear, Right. The process is actually very like circuitous and there's touch points with the vendor, the vendor's website, maybe even sales and they kind of go back and whatever. And so um, as you start thinking about sort of building out the proper appropriate content strategy, um, it's key. Right. At every moment, what you want somebody to do, where you want them to click, what you want them to do next, how you're going to move them towards that purchase. Right. Your ability to do that is based upon how good your content is. Is it valuable? Is it is it understandable? Does it produce the effective you know result? Um, it's almost like a game of chess, right? You have to you have to be thinking this multiple steps ahead in terms of how. And then the reality is, guess what? There's no such you know you buy the you build these sequential buying, you know, buyers journeys, and they never actually execute it exactly that way. Um, so you know, there's some thought about that. But by the same token, I don't think you discard that thinking, I think it's still valid. So. Yeah. It's, uh, it's the kind of thing where like that buyer's journey is spaghetti now. Right. But you never know. Somebody might be, you know, looking at the one sheet, the product marketing put out. And at the same time, within a day, they're, they're reading a thought leadership piece. And like, these guys really are smart and they really do do good things. Right. You know, so it's, it's not that you're in one stage or the next You're, you know, it's, it's all impacting. So, so much, but what I, I want to hear your takeaway because for all of us, we've talked about so much here, but I see a, a plan, a process to produce excellence and to make sure everybody is aligned and misalignment because we do a lot of work. We have a whole podcast series on why do B2B CMOs fail so quickly because we do, we're like shortest tenure in the suite, unfortunately, on um, the C-suite. 
But one of the biggest things that comes out is misalignment, you know, especially with sales. And so that was one of my big takeaways is, is how it, it plans for and prioritizes alignment, right? But what would you say is the biggest takeaway from everything that we've talked about here that you'd want people to remember? Yeah, I think it's, um, you can, you can look at it two ways. Um, one, you could look at it as alignment, which I think is true. I think that coupled with, um, efficiency, right? So when you, when you really think about producing things that aren't aligned, it's actually inefficient, right? Cause again, that one thing is great, but if you could get more out of it, if you could line these things together, so it's more aligned to the roadmap, more aligned to the key sales plays, more aligned to those go-to-market strategies and buyers, right? Then every time you create that thing, um, it can be used multiple ways and there's a multiple effect, right? In terms of, in terms of its effectiveness and what it's actually going to produce within the market, right? Uh, and that's not a substitute. I mean, I don't want to belittle demand gen. I mean, there's, there's by any means, right? Demand gen plays a vital role here. But um, once we understand, again, what the problems we're solving with, for which markets, which timeframes, and how we're going to get these people to actually take an action, right? Um, then, obviously, now, we get, now there's lots of cool things we can do around tactics, um, and so forth. But I do think it's, so it's alignment, yes, but then there's, there's a huge efficiency gain, right? It's a multiple effect for marketing. I think it's fantastic. Um, I know that there are questions that are still unanswered here for the audience. And, and if there were follow-on questions, um, would it be appropriate if I provided a link to your profile on LinkedIn for people Absolutely. to get a hold of you? Absolutely. Yep. Well, Absolutely. thank you. Appreciate the, the ongoing opportunity for people to ask questions. And just all the insights that you shared here today. It's been fantastic. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Nick, it's, uh, it's, been, a, it's, been, it's been a great conversation. And hopefully it's useful for, for others.